Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Good evening. Another week, another game in which Leeds United have succeeded in not conceding a goal in a championship fixture. Another week, a first game in which Leeds United have scored more than one goal in a championship fixture at Elland Road this season. It was business. John McKenzie, as usual, with a slight difference in last week's comprehensive victory over what we could say was a pretty lacklustre QPR outfit. Blackburn Rovers visit Elland Road this Saturday. All of which we're going to be discussing at great length on this, the Leeds United Fan Show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, here, as I said, with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? Hello, John. How do Are you good? I'm good, yeah, I'm good. Good, good, good. Now, I know you, you like your opening stat, and we are going to start with that. But first, just before we get there, I'm still fascinated by this goals conceded stat. And I know I, <laughs> I messaged you, I think it was during the week, about that. And I won't lie, I have regurgitated it on many a show since you gave me that stat. But another week without conceding a goal. Before it was 0.5 goals conceded. Now it must be even better or perhaps still on a par with that that level. Yeah, I don't have the figure to hand, but I think we've only conceded seven goals in the league this season. So it's pretty pretty handy after 16 games, is it? Just phenomenal. Absolutely incredible. But we're going to move on to your opening stat. Hit me. Yeah, another one from Josh Hobbs. Um, So... Um, y Scout, the um, the mm-hmm. analysis tool, um, looks look it de- developed a, a metric called Smart Passes. Now, Smart Passes are just passes that break lines, basically. So, through balls, um, passes into into space between the midfield and defence. Even though Pablo Hernandez has played only around half the games so far this season, he is still top of the championship for total Smart Passes. Uh, the next highest player has made ten fewer Smart Passes than him. So we are very reliant on on Pablo Hernandez for breaking those line breaking passes. So smart passes again. Just reiterate what exactly that means. Yeah. So it's any uh, it's any pass that goes through a line of either defence or midfield. So or I guess yeah, uh, strikers as well. I suppose. Um, but say say Pablo Hernandez is is between the the midfield and the defence. If he plays a ball through to Patrick Bamford that arrives at him on the other side of the defender, then then that counts as a smart pass. So basically, it's 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 again, it's all about manipulation of space and um, moving the ball, progressing the ball into different areas, areas where you're actually progressing rather than simply passing the ball into uh, another player's feet. Manipulation of space. I think that, along with trust the process, has been something (laughs) we've spoken about many, many times on this show. But we are going to obviously talk about the game at the weekend. And a player you mentioned didn't come on until, what, the 77th minute, but back in action now, Hernandez. Yeah, um, hopefully that's him him done because <laughs> um, we we do really rely on him although it was good to see Tyler Roberts come in and, and um, play quite a creative role um, Josh has written a piece on it that's out on our medium page up on our Twitter feed as well just looking at the the impact that Tyler Roberts has and it's quite it was quite nice to see him play interesting um, formation actually we played against QPR because it looked as though it was going to be a sort of standard 4-1-4-1 but 
we basically played three at the back and um, Jack Harrison and Helder Costa almost played as wing backs um, and that allowed uh, it allowed us to have Stuart Dallas in the midfield area along with uh, Matthias Click and then um, um, Tyler Roberts in front of them um, Calvin Phillips behind him and then and then Patrick Bamford up front I guess another thing that was interesting about the, the formation was we were expecting and we talked about this in the last show we were expecting um Eddie and Kessia to, to start hmm. but he got injured in the final training session before the game so we had Bamford on as well and it seemed to work out all right so yeah all things told yeah not a particularly interesting game but actually quite positive on a number of levels I think. Yeah just when you thought Enketia might be given that starting berth an abdominal injury, injury yeah, I believe so, yeah. so he looks like he'll be out as well for tomorrow. But we had the QPR fans show on earlier in the week and I said to you before we came on air that they weren't... I mean, we spoke about the game, but they were very matter-of-fact about it and just said, look, yeah, it was what it was. We weren't that great. Leeds were very good. We deserve to lose. I think QPR rely... We've talked about Eze a lot, Mm -hmm. um, Ubrique Eze, and they clearly rely on him. He's he's one of those standout players who in the championship can can hurt an opposition. and if you can manage to contain him, then you can manage to contain QPR at the moment, it feels. And the game felt very much like that. Um, even just re-watching the game um, earlier today, they didn't create a huge amount at all. It really looked dangerous and uh, Leeds did create quite a few good chances. So, mm. um, yeah, it's it's one of those games where as a Leeds fan, it's quite comfortable and we're not having a huge amount of them at the moment. So it was actually quite an enjoyable watch, I thought, from 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 a Leeds fan's perspective. And Tyler Roberts, that was a first goal, right, at Ellen Road? I believe so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, great to see him coming through. Obviously, Tyler Roberts is sort of touted as a backup striker, um, but he, he is able to do... Um, that that thing where he drops in into space and um, picks the ball up in in the gap between uh, the midfield and defence and actually I thought it looked really sharp. Um, there was a few chances, one one notable notable chance where the ball was uh, chipped through to him and he brought it down well and got the shot away, which is which is nice to see. But looking sharp, he's struggled with injuries ever since he's arrived uh, at, at Leeds and it's it will be nice to see him getting a more regular starting spot. Mm. In terms of Jack Harrison as well, since the start, I saw this stat, since the start of October, no championship player has more assists. He's level with Eliasson, Nicholas Eliasson. Yeah, um, it's nice to see him him starting to get those assists through. We've talked a lot about how many touches in the box he gets um, and he, he just doesn't really have the productive numbers really that you would expect from someone who has as many uh, touches in the box as he does. But uh, assists and a goal as well for him against QPR is, is nice to add to that tally. Um, he's he's a player that Bielsa clearly believes in, um, I think from a systemic point of view. I think he's very happy with the, the role that he f- um, plays in, in the lead side. And it's good to see him him, him coming through. And, you know, he, he sort of, I've already mentioned, alluded to the fact that he basically played as almost, almost a wing-back. Um, and sometimes leads, they do play these really asymmetric um formations where everyone's loaded over on one side and and Harrison is given the space with with the usually with his uh, with a wing back as well or a full back uh, usually Alioski this season but they create a huge amount of space for him over on that left hand side um and so that that clearly worked out uh, at the at the weekend um but we, there's also that sort of attendant worry that if you if you're sort of leaving Alioski or Douglas and then and then uh, Harrison to cover that whole area on that side uh, there's there's worries that you'll sort of leech goals away down that side but you know you've mentioned the the goals conceded stat it's it's not working that way um in reality and and Calvin Phillips is a big part of that actually um because he drops in and helps out on that side when they do commit players over to the right hand side indeed well we're going to get on to Mr Phillips in a moment but just before we get there you mentioned Barry Douglas as well he looks like he might come in for a certain Luke Ayling and the reason people seem to know about this is because Poppy Weller, is that a familiar name to you? It is not, no. Poppy Weller is Luke Ayling's missus, uh, yeah, and true. she's been on an Instagram story with a photo of Luke saying he's not very well, he's in bed, I'm caring for my boy or whatever it is that she's put on social media. So judging by that, he's not going to be fit. This so, is the modern football world that we live in, mate. Yeah, it's scary, isn't it? Um, mm. Okay, so that's interesting. I hadn't heard this. So so the suggestion is that what Barry Douglas is going to play in centre 
central well, defence. Well, this is it. This is the... <laughs> what do we deduct from the fact that Luke Ayling's missus has put okay. a picture of him on social media? He did look quite poorly. He was in bed. He had his covers up. She was taking temperatures and all sorts. Uh, actually, I don't know whether she was taking temperatures, but he looked like <laughs> he had a fever. So he looks like he will be unwell. And yeah, the suggestion, I think, from Bielsa's press conference today is that maybe mm-hmm. Barry Douglas will come in. But it looks, again, like another formation tweak. It seems like this is happening game by game at Leeds. Yeah, and I mean, it's part and parcel, I think, of having a small squad. Um, there, there's benefits to having a small squad, which is that you know that you can rely on everyone. You, you double up in every position and then you think, well, we've got the, the buffer of, of, of any injury will be covered. Um, but when you have more than one or two injuries, then, then the problems do start arising. But we talk about the system a lot and the system is designed so that you can play the same system um, with with tweaks that that emphasize the strengths of the players coming in uh, I, I I would suspect that they'll go back to a back four then I'm just trying to think through who was playing last week and they'll um, I guess it will be Dallas at, at right back yeah well last week was it was Cooper Ailing White uh, yeah, and then you, so Dallas Cooper, was in there it'll of be course, Cooper and White center yeah. backs and then um, Dallas right back and Douglas maybe left back yeah because um, Alioski's injured as well yes yeah. yeah so that would make sense so he's out as well okay well look final verdict on on the game moving forward so your, your final take on that win games like that are games that i like uh because <laughs> there's, there's there's small positives in there the, the everything everything has gone as planned not a huge amount of pressure and um you know on on paper qpr have been playing well recently and you, when you come up against a team you've been playing well and you have a fairly underwhelming game and you win by two goals, that usually means you're doing things right. Um, it's it's as much a testament to the fact that Leeds made QPR look average. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm quite pleased from that respect. I like you said that because that is right there. That is a performance... That's a title-winning performance. That's the performance of a team that wants to escape the division. And yes, we want entertainment. And yes, we want to see goals galore. We want to see excitement. But ultimately, mm. if you want to get out of a division, yeah. that's exactly what you want. Yeah, I went to I went to Charlton, um, Preston North End last weekend. Right. Um, and Preston North End are a cl- classic example of a team in the Championship who grind out results. Mm. And they don't ever do it particularly in a particularly beautiful way, but they, they get those results. And it's not so much as to simply say, you know, Teams who grind out results will win, will win the league, not at all. But when you're getting into that mindset of getting results when you don't deserve it, you're in a completely different um, type of momentum that Leeds are in, which is where in most games they deserve to win and they're not doing enough to get over. And it makes a huge difference, I think, to the to the momentum you pick up. And so it's nice. I I like games like that because you know it's another win and it's a comfortable win and there's no issues that come out of it. So you don't have the whole week spending. The, we didn't have the whole week talking about should we play in Ketia instead of Bamford. It's just it's just a, we, we we did what we're supposed to do. It worked. And now we can move on to next week and do the same thing again. Yeah, absolutely, completely agree with you. Just a quick update. This is the Leeds United fan show but in the FA Cup first round Dulwich Hamlet are hosting Carlisle they're currently 1-0 down Carlisle scoring inside the opening 7 or 8 minutes through Olamola and in the game between Norwich and Watford at the wrong end of the Premier League Watford currently 1-0 up at Carrow Road Gerard Diolafeu plenty more coming up on the Leeds United fan show on Love Sport Love Sport United fan show on Love Sport me Matt Beadle here joined by as always John McKenzie of all stats aren't we now John it is sub-zero temperatures out there and <laughs> there are games going on right now there are games going on tomorrow but first before we get on to <laughs> the game that Leeds United play you have just revealed to me that you live on a boat I, I do live on a boat. I live on a narrow boat in the on the Regent's Canal at the moment. On I the will, Regent's Canal. I'm heading towards the Riverly Navigation. I'm sure you're interested in that. But. So hang on. So you live on a boat, right? Which means that you are moored in one place, but you're not allowed to stay there forever. That can't be where yeah. you live. So I have a continuous cruising license, which means which is a lot cheaper. But I have to move every two weeks. Um, some places you can only stay for a week, and in the course of the year, I have to move twenty mile over a twenty mile stretch of, of canal. So I've so, already done that since August, so I can now sort of do what I want, but um, I I can't take the Michael. Do you have to take a a, a boat driver's license before you can do all of this? 
you do not know um, because these boats have like a top speed of like six miles an hour so there's not a huge amount of damage you can do but you would be surprised um, well you wouldn't be surprised if you saw some of the people driving the boats that you don't have to take a license boat rage river rage yeah, it's not that I think I mean my boat's 57 feet long so it's, it's fairly hefty and you get people driving these boats because it's it's a cheap way of living in London um, and you don't need a license so you get people who just don't have a clue what they're doing really with with quite big vehicles and um, well the canal they're called narrow boats for a reason the canals aren't particularly large so you, you do get people sort of pinging along the, the sides of the canal a bit and you just to finish on this this is the Legion United Flag show for anyone <laughs> listening but we've just established that John McKenzie from All Stats Aren't We lives on a boat so do you rent or have you bought the boat and then that's it so I the, the boat belongs to a friend of mine who got married recently he has Canadian citizenship so him and his wife before they settle down and start having kids have decided to do a year in Canada so I am technically boat sitting for the year right oh, okay so your boat's sitting mm-hmm. I see and you were previously in a flat or an apartment I would yeah, imagine yeah, yeah. and just decided to convert to the river yeah yeah I wasn't in a hot air balloon or anything before <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay well a continuous cruising license yeah. yeah, you think you're getting one? Sorry, well, I'm look contemplating quite, it. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. You come down. You come down. We'll, I'll take you out on a trip. Oh yeah, we'll wait we'll until it gets a bit warmer, maybe. Yes, because I. What did you say? Minus two this morning. No, it was two this morning. Right. So you know, four, a whole four degrees higher than that. But uh, one of the first things I do in the morning usually is to sort of open open the the doors, get the cold air in, because you just have to you just have to accept it. I think. How oh, right? It so gets, the instant hit. Yeah, and it, it, I think you, it, it's actually technically colder in the boat in the morning than it is outside. So. You know, you have to let the warm air in. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Well, interesting. Well, another man who's continually cruising <laughs> his way up uh, the championship stakes, yes, is Calvin Phillips. Now, we're going to talk about this man because he's still in his early 20s. And today he has been labelled by Darren Bent as the best player in the championship. Do you concur with that theory? Um, I mean, I, I didn't listen to that. Um, interview were they, were they talking particularly about central midfielders because he did mention Romain Sawyer's as well yeah well they were discussing uh, I mean sometimes yes quotes can be taken out of context I think they were talking about Calvin Phillips and he said for me he's the best player in the championship basically he, he, his argument was that he's so crucial for what Leeds do he said he's playing in the wrong division said he should be playing in the Premier League but he did mention Romain Sawyer's as well right. he said what edges Calvin ahead of Romain is his energy says he flies into tackles I think if you're talking about defensive midfielders in the championship, yeah, he's the best um, because uh, he, he both in, on both sides of the game in terms of the de- the, the, defen- the defensive side of the game and the uh, the passing distribution progression side of the game. I think he's probably got the edge on everyone really in that position. If you, I've got a comparison here, uh, comparison radar between Phillips and Sawyer's, for example. Mm-hmm. Romain Sawyer's is is sort of touted as a defensive midfielder, but he plays in a double pivot, and his job is to pick the ball up from whoever's uh, winning the ball for um, for West Brom in that in that position. I think it's. Um, who, who plays alongside him? I, can't, I can see him. I can't. I can't Sorry, what it. we're saying with 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 Romain Sawyer's. He plays in a double pivot with Jake Livermore. Livermore, Jake Livermore. Uh, Jake Livermore is the more defensive player there. So when you play a double pivot like West Brom do, you've got one player to do the the sort of destroying, picking up the ball, and then you have the other player to pick the ball up and then move it, progress it down the field. Calvin Phillips is doing both of those things. So to compare him to someone like Romain Sawyer's, if you look at their their radars, then Romain Sawyer's has a be- better passing accuracy and he has a better, a higher number of passes. But that's because he is the the player in that system who who progresses the ball. Now when Leeds play, they have other players in the system who progress the ball um so calvin phillips isn't really expected to do that i mean he does do that and, and generally sort of feeds the ball back into the fullbacks uh, who can then and, and move it across or he'll 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 find another one of his central midfielders so yeah romain Sawyer has slightly better passing stats but i think that's because he he, he tends to play at higher up the field than calvin if you look at calvin phillips per uh, all the other sort of classic central defensive midfielders He's better at both sides of the game. He's he's better defensively and he's better at the, at the redistribution side. Mm. I think if you speak to a lot of Brentford fans, they will say that Sawyers is definitely the big miss for them. 12 million, I think it was, in the summer, wasn't it? I mean, mm. a big, big outlay from West Brom, but it just goes to show that it was well worth it. Yeah, and he was coming to the end of his contract as well, mm. so, so that shows you just how just how much they valued him that they were willing to pay that much I think he must have been coming into the last year of his contract um, to, to answer your question do I think he's the best player in the <laughs> Calvin Phillips is the best player in the championship I, I don't but that's probably because I value players who 
who do other things <laughs> more highly. So I think probably Mateus Pereira at West Brom is the I would say the best player in the championship at the moment. I think he's well out of his level playing in the in the championship. He's on he's on loan from Benfica, mm-hmm. um, uh, playing as a, an attacking ten, and I think he's he he will go on to do really big things in in one of the top five leagues. Interesting. So that's your number one in in the championship. I think so. Yeah, just in, just on the basis of where his ceiling is, the level that he's playing now, and the sort of stuff that he's producing. I, um, were I to were were you to ask me. I don't know. Obviously, um, obviously, Pablo Hernandez. I would have in in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other players um, as well. Off the top of my head, I don't want to uh, drop drop a huge amount in. But John Swift at Reading, I think, is is a standout player um, as well. And I mean, West Brom have West Brom do have some really good players. Fulham obviously have their front line of of players who can produce in the in the Premier League so Mitrovic uh, Cavaliero players like that um, who are individually brilliant but I, I would go with Pereira I think okay okay well just another thing on Calvin Phillips obviously Darren Bent has backed him for an England call up as well a few people have suggested that in recent weeks and when you look at the England midfield and we were having this debate in the office this week actually with Declan Rice with Jordan Henderson with Delhi, with Harry Winks I mean is there potentially an opening for him I think we. I mean, we had this conversation last week on on this podcast briefly. Um, I think both Josh Hobbs and I said that we would happily play Calvin Phillips as as a six in the in the England team. I think I think Calvin Phillips is better than Declan Rice, um, with 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 the okay. with the caveat of of you have to take into account team effects um, because obviously Calvin Phillips is is doing his stats show up well because he's playing at Leeds um and Declan <laughs> Declan Rice's stats probably don't show up quite so well because he's playing at West Ham. That said, I I don't think that I don't think that Declan Rice is is a good enough progressor of the ball. I think he's slow on the ball. Um I don't think he's a particularly good passer and I don't think he's <laughs> particularly great defensively either, which is which sounds which sounds very harsh. So as as a result of that, I would think that um Calvin Phillips would be fine playing on um on the England side, um, but that's mainly because I don't think there's a huge amount of there is a dearth of of, of really good English uh, central defensive midfielders at the moment. That's very interesting. So you think Calvin Phillips is better than Declan Rice? See, I I think I've had this argument. It may have been on the show last week with you guys, you and Josh, because I really rate Declan Rice. Mm. I think he is bang on the answer. I think he just sits there and can and can do what he can do and just feed the other midfielders. And listen. To say he's better than Calvin Phillips <laughs> is better than Declan Rice right now. I mean, you're talking Declan Rice is a player that is being mooted for 60, 70, 80 million pound moves to the top top clubs in the Premier League. Yeah, I'd be surprised if that happens. But I mean, that is a that is a. I guess it's my that's my opinion. But um, I'm thinking England. But England beat someone. I can't remember. I'm, I don't follow England. That's of course my, you that's don't. My Sorry, I always forget that. Um, so the big game against Bulgaria. He, I, I I can't remember. It was four nil. Um, and I think it was one of the smaller teams in in, in the group that they're in. Right. I should be able to remember this to be honest. But um, and I remember him watching him in that game. And I I thought even in that game he was under no pressure whatsoever. And his for me his his progression of the ball was just slow. Um, there as well and I think uh, international football is really hard to judge people in because you know you get a group of players who are used to playing in certain systems and you throw them all together you don't have much time for them to play together and 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 it's hard and it's harsh to judge them on the basis of that and I think you know looking at the way that England played in the World Cup even though they did very well they played like a much more they played much more like a, a sort of lower premier, lower table Premier League side than than what you would expect a team that have a front three of Kane Rashford and, and Sterling um, so it is hard to it is hard to judge but I I do think that that Calvin Phillips probably would fit in the England system quite well um, but yeah I, I, again that's that is a is a big call I can understand why you would think it's a big call um, coming from me because you know he's not proven at the top level yet so it could be the case that he 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 goes to the Premier League and flops for example he was touted with a move to Villa this summer and I don't think he would have been particularly impressive if he'd moved to Villa but again that's these are all hypotheticals Um, they are indeed and I think you're bang on before he gets up to the Premier League there is absolutely no chance and we can say what we like about Gareth Southgate but there is no chance (laughs) he will get anywhere near that England squad and I think Mason Mount and Tyrone Mings and Fakayo Tomori are prime examples of that because you look at them this season and you think are they particularly any better than they were last season or did they just need those yeah. you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine games in the Premier League for the powers that be to go, oh, okay, yeah, you probably could 
play for England. I wasn't sure last season when you were in the Championship with Derby and Villa respectively. So, hey, I think it will take a while before he gets that recognition. Just want to move on to goalkeeper Kiko Casilla. He has, of course, been in the news because he's been charged of racially abusing Jonathan Lecco in a fixture back in September. Now, we are at a very interesting crossroads with Casilla. It looks like he's going to play tomorrow, but if the charge goes through, he's got until the 12th of November, I believe, to respond to the charge. If it's done, he is due for a 12-game suspension. So, I mean, one, we've got to talk about the incident itself, and I'd like to get your view on that. And then two, we'll look at the football side of it and what... Marcelo Bielsa does in terms of you've got Liam Mesler on the bench does he opt for him this is a young 19 year old goalkeeper your options are pretty slim in that area and for 12 games to go without your number one who has been if we look at it statistically the best goalkeeper in terms of goals conceded the championship this season yeah it's an interesting one um our position on on all stats on where our channel has been very much that um if he's found guilty of of what he's accused of then he shouldn't play for the club again the club should have a zero uh, tolerance policy on this kind of thing Um, obviously we've had a lot of pushback against that from fans being like well you know until he's proven Mm -hmm. innocent until proven guilty now that said um, I think the the evidence against him is stacking up. The the FA have said there's overwhelming evidence there's no reason why the FA would, would lie about that. I don't think there's any way that footballers would make up um um, charges of, of, of racism against other pl- players. So um, there is. We were talking about this before. There is obviously the, there is an issue with Spanish speaking speaking players using words that are acceptable within the cultures that they come from, um, which aren't acceptable in in the in this in, in English culture. Um, I don't think that's a good enough excuse. I think we've we've seen enough Spanish players charged for incidents like this um, notably Luis Suarez comes to mind um, that, that that one the players should have um, enough awareness that those those things are unacceptable Spanish speaking players should know that also clubs should they have the the responsibility I think to speak to their players and say in this culture this is unacceptable this is in this league um, we, we will not uh, uh, will not tolerate you using this language so I think it's not looking good for him I, I think if he is charged um, given twelve match ban, I think, I think the club should sack him. I'd, and I think that there's a chance that could happen, given that he's such a high wage earner, and he's not got a huge amount of time left on his contract. Mm. So it's one of those things where you think, you know, no club is gonna is gonna just throw away an asset. But if, if we saw it with Richard Keogh this week, um, again, a player coming towards the end of his footballing career. Um, and coming to the end of his contract, they were happy for him to go. So Which it will is a be disgrace, interesting. By the way, in my, it is. In my I think. It, I think disgrace. it is a disgrace. I think. It, I don't think. There's, I don't think there's been many more craven examples of clubs saying, "We don't mind what you do um, if you're valuable to us. Mm-hmm. As soon as you're not valuable to us, we'll use it as an excuse to to get a, a, away with it." In this case, I think it's. Um, I think the issue there is that there's just no continuity, right? Um, whereas here, I think the club should just be, they should be down the line and say, this is unacceptable um, and, and we're terminating his contract. But football, unfortunately, is a, is a moneyed game and um, the decision will will be made based on um, whether or not it's profitable for the club, unfortunately. So, yeah, my position would be that. Um, we don't we, we don't know until um, the, the appeal has been made and, and it goes to a... Uh, a, um, a court case, but unfortunately, um, yeah, we won't we won't know that until it all goes through the courts. No, Marcelo Bielsa was asked the question and naturally just rebuffed the question and said, "Look, this is an internal matter. It's it is what it is. You'll get the news when you get the news." In terms of replacements, so like I said, there you've got options potentially. <laughs> I mean, Mesley are obviously on loan at the moment from Lorient, and you've also got Kamal Mirzek as well in reserve young goalkeeper in Meslier like I say part of me almost feels like is there an opportunity here just to revisit Burnley and say look you've got a third choice goalkeeper who is reliable who has played for us who knows the club he's got no no chance whatsoever of getting a a first team call up you've got Nick Pope and Joe Hart in there would that potentially be an option for Leeds Bailey Peacock Farrell I've I've watched Meslier play a few times for the under 23s I think he's a, he's I think he's a very good goalkeeper. Um, yes, he's young, um, but he's no younger than Bailey Peacock Farrell was when he first started playing for us and covering for us. So um, I suspect they'll be happy to 
to rely on Meslier. They might bring in. I think the issue is, is if you bring someone in that like like Bailey Peacock Farrell, they'll be expected to play. Um, so I, I suppose the decision is going to be whether or not they 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 really want to bring someone in to to play in the first team, or whether or not they want someone back up. If they want someone who's back up, then they're going to have to, um, I guess, drop a, a level below someone like Bailey Peacock Farrell. But I'd be happy with Meslier. Um, we've got we've got a lot of we've got a lot of young goalkeepers um, knocking about at Leeds. And they seem quite positive to, to to use them. What I would say is that given that we 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 do concede very very few chances, part of the reason why we have such a low goal con- goals conceded rate is because we have such a low like dangerous shots conceded rate. And so there's a sense in which that takes the pressure off a young goalkeeper coming in. Um, so I if Meslier came in, I don't I wouldn't be that worried to be mm. honest. Yeah, made 28 appearances in Ligue 2 for Lorient last season and like you said some decent performances for the under 23s Max big Palace fan our producer said he was man of the match against Palace looked very very good indeed quick update from the FA Cup still Dulwich Hamlet nil Carlisle 1 plenty more coming up on the League United Fan Show on Love Sport Love Sport is the League United Fan Show Hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On Love Sport, me, Matt Beadle, joined by John McKenzie of All Stats, aren't we? We are moving right into the listeners' questions now. First one up is from H40. Is that correct? Interesting. Lucky, lucky. Lots of noise. Governmental form, doesn't it? I'm afraid I'm going to have to give you your H40, mate. No, I don't believe it. Um, Lots of noise about how lucky Swansea and Preston have been so far, according to stats, and how it can't last. Who last season was lucky and did it last, John? Yeah, this is an interesting one, actually, because I went back over some of the um, the stats from last season. Um, first thing I should say is I was reminded just how unlucky Leeds were when, uh, given that given that they, in terms of both XG um, for and against, they they clearly dominated the division. Um, I think the team that I would bring out probably is Derby. Um, for the in terms of overperformance, they were one of the few. Well, they were one of the bottom half of the team uh, of the table when it came to um, xG difference. So they created less um, in terms of xG than they conceded, mm-hmm. um, and they still got through to. Obviously, they just sort of crept into the playoffs at the end, um, and and that 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 kind of thing can happen. So they were lucky, but then they, I guess their luck ran out because they came up against. A decent side in in Villa in in the in the final. Um, arguably, they came up against a decent side in Leeds, and and obviously we all know how that ended. Um, and they probably were quite lucky to get through there as well. So maybe this is just me being bitter, but um, I think Derby do stand out as a as a team who actually um, overperformed for for quite a significant time during the during the, the the season. But apart from that, the teams that you would expect to do well all did fairly well. Brentford um, are a team who are. I think always a little bit unlucky, partly because I don't think that they can ever really afford uh, elite players for the championship. So they're, they're, there's always a sense in which... Um, Although they have splashed the cash this summer. Yeah, a little bit. But even still, I think they've taken, they have taken risks. Um, 
perhaps this summer they they took those risks because they realize we're producing um good underlying metrics every season and the difference is is that we're just not getting anyone to to finish these chances so maybe it's worth splashing out on 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 players who might might be able to do the business for us but um yeah an interesting team brentford anyway um statistically but all the other teams around there are teams you might expect to see there west brom were okay swansea were okay last season um sheffield united and norwich both deserved uh, promoted teams I think so yeah Derby would be my team for, for saying they were they were lucky and I guess it lasted long enough that it lasted as long as they needed it to last and then and then they were they just didn't manage to get through in the in the final indeed okay moving on to a question from Josh Dean making <coughs> things click like that Josh there's a lot of chat about click being tired because of the consistency of his selection for club and country how would our team look without him and would we be would we be worse off the ball yeah, that's an interesting question. It's something that I've been thinking about a, a, a little bit this week, because just because the, the way that Leeds started off this season was was playing a, a, a type of football that relied on having them them having two eights rather than an eight and a ten, and um, when you play click, he he sort of plays as a something between an eight and a ten, but. Um, you're still not playing an out-and-out creative player. And I think a lot of the fans now want an out-and-out creative player. And that's not going to be helped by the fact that Tyler Roberts played quite well in that role. Um, Tyler Roberts is clearly like a nine who's dropping in um, to, to play a little bit deeper. So a bit more like, like a nine-and-a-half. Um, so, yeah, I think with, with with Click, if you drop him, you're, you're losing the sort of solidity that you have um, from playing two eights. But we've seen in in recent weeks, I think that the Leeds have they with with someone like Forshaw out, they can't afford to do that necessarily week in week out. So the the I think in the last seven or eight games we've been quite an attacking unit. We've played we've had to play Helda Costa for example as well as Jack Harrison, which means mm. you're already um, you're already sacrificing some of the solidity that you might have wanted to to have and you have there at the beginning of the season. So I think without Click we look like a more we will look like more of a classic attacking side probably maybe a little bit more counter-attacking um and i think we would probably be um would we be worse off the ball i don't know i don't know if i would agree with that necessarily um but i think we would (laughs) depends what you want on the ball i think we'd probably be worse on the ball um without him um but that might not matter if you're playing counter-attacking football and looking to hit teams on the break so this is what one of the things that I found really interesting this season is is that it's, it's hard to determine what it is that Marcelo Bielsa wants his team to be he's sort of been hamstrung a little bit by injuries and had to play um, a different type of football um, and I think what will be interesting is what the fans expect from that will they will they have gotten tired of the fact that we we played very possessive heavy um, football at, at the beginning and dominated games and controlled games or will they would they rather watch games where it feels as though it's a little bit more hell for leather mm. so I, it, it's an interesting question um, I'm not sure I've answered it particularly well I th- uh, mate I think it's a fine answer as it always <laughs> is click actually just as a very side note from me the type of player that I'm really fascinated to see in the Premier League just to see whether he can step up to that next level I think that'd be an interesting one to see moving on underperforming XG from Scott Shin how many strikers have Leeds had in the last 15 years that exceeded their personal XG has put you to the test here, he my has. friend. I I did look at the at the numbers. <laughs> the problem is, is that you can't really get championship XG figures further ago than last season. And last season we had Kemar Roof and Patrick Bamford, both of whom did not um, uh, over it. Well, they didn't exceed their their personal XG uh, figures. So so as far since records began, <laughs> Leeds Leeds have not had a striker who's exceeded their their personal XG. But that's only two seasons, so it's a, it's a very small sample size. Um, in my head, I was trying to think of like, the last time we would have had a, a player who exceeded their personal XG, and I think it probably would have been Chris Wood. That that said, Chris Wood did miss a lot as well. Mm. Um, so I, I I wouldn't. Uh, that's just a guesstimate for me, but I would suspect it was probably him. Mm. I would love to go back. I know we always have this since records began. I would love to go so so far back and just see mm. what it was like if you compare a striker from the fifties, the sixties, the seventies, just to see you know those stats compared to now and I know that it's a very different game mm. nowadays to what it was back then but it would just be interesting that that is a work experience job ever I've seen yeah it'd be really hard to do because 
because obviously the the when you develop xg you what you do is basically build a model you take all the data points that you've got from um, as many leagues as you can for a certain time period and you say if a shot is taken from here and the goalkeeper is in this area and there's this amount of players in front of them what's the percentage likelihood of yeah. that going in um obviously if you did that a hundred years ago taking a shot from there with with the different ball and with players in different positions and and just the fact that players are better now at shooting um you'd change all the percentages so it would be it would be a it would be a tricky one to do because you'd have to somehow um you'd have to have some kind of um coefficient that you put in there to say well assuming this is this is the case a hundred years ago what do we have to divide this this percentage chance by to get an accurate figure but yeah it would be it would be really fun it Um, would be i think there actually was just a a one-off example from 442 when they launched that stat zone that didn't quite work out in the end but i think they launched that or it was part of the marketing campaign around it whereby they watched the 1966 Mm. world cup final didn't they and there was something like germany had or west germany at the time had like 40 shots or something (laughs) because they were literally shooting from everywhere it's so different yeah yeah yeah, fascinating stuff. Next one, Dougie or no? Is that how have I read that right? Is it Dougie or not Dougie? <laughs> I don't know, I quite like that one, yeah. <laughs> have Leeds got a better percentage win rate with Ducklers in the team rather than, say, Alioski, Dallas or Davis? Do we average more goals with Barry Douglas in the team? That's from MCC1. So, I, yeah, I looked, I looked at just this season because... Um, I do have have a life to live, <laughs> um, but this season with Douglas, we've played seven, we've won three, we've drawn two, and we've lost two. We've scored nine goals and we've conceded five. Without Douglas, we've played eight, so it's almost comparable. Uh, of those, we've won five. So I haven't went out the percentage for you, but it's five out of eight versus three out of seven. Um, they've drawn two and they've lost one. They've scored ten goals, which is comparable, but they've only conceded two without Barry Douglas. So. Um, I, I preface this by saying that's just a, it's a tiny sample size. It, you shouldn't read too much into it, but it does feel as though, um, and, and you know, there's obviously all kinds of other variables like we, we don't we haven't factored into account who we're playing or mm. all the sorts of other players on the team, etc. But um, it does look as though we've done slightly better without Douglas this season, mate. You got a life to live. You got a boat to maintain. Crying out loud! Uh, Those boats don't sail themselves, mate. <laughs> they don't continually cruise up the river themselves, mate. Uh, Barney is up next. FFP, a good thing, he says. Do you think the FFP situation in the league has been a blessing in disguise? In disguise, the league seems more competitive this season. And from my point of view, I don't think it's weaker, like some people say. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I think that certainly this this season there's been a difference in the way that clubs have faced. Um, the prospect of buying players so I don't think there's been many teams who've really gone for it in the same way that perhaps they have in the past um, in terms of competitiveness that's I think there probably has been a, a knock-on I think the teams are a lot closer together and I know as Leeds fans we like to go well you know I've watched everyone else play now and I don't feel as though I don't think there's anyone we need to worry about at the same time we you know we haven't been winning as many games as we'd wanted to so um, it does look quite competitive at the top and even at this point I don't feel as though we have a good idea about who's going to be the promoted sides um, arguably could say the same about last season because Norwich started off slowly and then and then cruised and uh, Sheffield United didn't exactly have the best of starts but um, I think yeah I think it's it's it should be quite a quite a close run thing the title this season whether or not that stands to FFP I don't know but I do think that the clubs haven't spent the sort of money that they they might have done in the past Okay, we are going to move on to the Blackburn game. And actually, we've got a couple more questions that we're going to get to, but we're going to get to those in a moment or two. I just want to quickly touch on the game going on at the moment between Dulwich Hamlet and Carlisle. It's half-time. They've got the Hamlet manager in the dugout. His players have trudged off into the dressing room and he's doing an interview with Dan Walker, for crying out loud. This, again, is modern football. I know he probably like quite likes the spotlight. He likes being on camera, but... For crying out, he shouldn't have to speak to the media. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Just let him get on with the game and then speak to him after the game. Far too much intrusion, in my opinion. Anyway, Leeds United fan show on Love Sport. We're going to look at the Blackburn game and finish off those listeners' questions next. Love Sport. It's the Leeds United fan show on Love Sport. We've got about seven minutes to go. We're going to get on to that Blackburn game, as I mentioned, in a moment. But, John, we've just got a couple of other questions that have come in, and I'm quite 
looking forward to the answers <laughs> to these. The first one's your pretty basic one. Uh, so starting 11. What would be your best starting 11 for our side if everyone was fit? That's from Liam Horsley. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, in goal, whoever's least racist, I think, we'll go with. Nice. Um, fullbacks. Stuart Dallas has got to be in there, but... Um, yeah, I'd be tempted. I'd be tempted to play him a left back rather than right back if if Luke Ayling is is fit. Um, that what we'll, we'll, we'll that remains to be seen. But I don't. I I think that we've we've struggled with le- at left back, and it might be interesting to see if we could get those two on together and whether or not Dallas would slot in in there. Obviously, Liam Cooper and Ben White. I would have no no problems with those two there. Um, Calvin Phillips in front of them. Let's go four one four one. Um, Adam Forshaw is obviously going to be in there for me. Um, the question is whether or not you go with Click or someone like Roberts. I'll go Roberts because Bamford isn't scoring enough. And then I would play Pablo Hernandez and would probably play Costa instead of Harrison. But Bielsa disagrees with me, so I feel bad about that. And then up front, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, go on, you, mate. You got you've been asked the question here. I'm, I'm pressing you. I would play Bamford up front. Oh crikey! Right, okay. I'm going to read that right back out. Goalkeeper, another <laughs> pretty much. Uh, we've got Luke Ayling, Cooper, White, that, and Dallas. Then you've got Calvin Phillips, Roberts, Forshaw, Hernandez, Costa, and Bamford. What would you? What, what, what would you do? Where would you uh, tweak it? Uh, do you know what I think? I think I'd have click in there. Okay. Yeah. Ahead of Roberts. Ahead of Roberts. And bring yeah. Roberts on as a sub. Yeah, I think so. I think that that would be um, a better impact. I think you've got to have Hernandez. I, I think that yeah. I would have Enketia. Okay. I would have Enketia over Bamford. And I'd. Uh, yeah. I think I would. Yeah, I mean, we could, we could have that argument could, yeah. for a long time, and we have done on this on this, <laughs> yeah. on this show a lot of times. Okay, we'll move swiftly <laughs> on to the final question. Now, you did say that you got to have Adam Forshaw in there. <laughs> you've got a question in from Joe Hill. John, describe your perfect date with Forshaw. Dinner or a movie? Would you get to know him personally or just talk about his tactics on the pitch? Would you insist on splitting the bill or the movie tickets despite him making a decent wage? <laughs> Brilliant question, Well, I Joe. mean, I think movie, yeah, is a good idea. Um, it would probably just be com- compilation movies of him. Um, and we would just watch him do really, really neat and tidy mundane actions in the middle of the field he'd pick the ball up <laughs> move it onto his his right foot pass it on uh he would break presses he would he would take the ball down calm down the situation help Leeds play it out from the back you know and we would talk about it and I'd say Adam you know when <laughs> when you do these things it it just it moves my heart in a way that I don't think uh, many other things do and I I know that so many other Leeds fans just don't appreciate what you did there in that moment but you can know that that I did um yeah and then I guess we could be we could be, we could go out for dinner and take a phone with all of the because that's how Bielsa communicates with them video stuff anyway they get it sent to this their phone so we would go through all of the the clips he had on his phone and we could talk about them and and I could console him that that Leeds fans don't realize that he's the most important player that we have uh, at the end I'm obviously making him pay for the for the, for the food because without a shadow um, of a doubt yeah, he's a, he's a very wealthy man and um, I've been doing lovely things emotionally for him so it would only be fair that he remunerated me in in other ways so. nice good answer that sounds like a good, good oh, day yeah. i would love to be there yeah well, we we should do this have you got any Bit the third wheel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right let's we haven't got much time so let's move on to the game with blackburn of course they visit ellen road tomorrow they've won one of their last eight i believe in the championship not on the best run but a good victory against sheffield wednesday last weekend of course threw away that lead against Preston the weekend before. In terms of head-to-head, I mean, it's pretty good in Leeds' favour. Blackburn have lost in their past three visits to Leeds in all competitions. They had won three in a row before that, but not a great record at the moment. You'd have to say Blackburn sitting in um, 16th in the Championship. This looks like the way that runs are going at the moment, a pretty solid home win. I think so, yeah. I don't want to say anything too negative about about Blackburn, but when I was looking through their team, they just they just seem very 
meat and potatoes. Um, they play 4-2-3-1. They've got some players in there who are blasts from the past. They've got Bradley Johnson, who was playing for Leeds over half a decade ago. and felt Good reception, like was... Bradley Johnson. Yeah, I think he will. Just, I think he's fairly inoffensive. Um, he put in some good performances for us, I suppose, which is all it, all it needs. But they've got Stuart Downing, um, <laughs> sort of the aging corpse of Stuart Downing, and and they've got Lewis Holtby. Um, yes, he looks like he might be back for this yeah, one. Yeah, well, he played last week, so I, I, I'm at the game tomorrow. So hopefully, um, I'd quite like to see him play. Um, just to Do see you know what, what I like. saw him play for Spurs when he signed for Spurs. Uh, many moons ago, of course, came over from, I think it was Schalke at the time. Uh, firstly, incredible hearing his interview, like he just sounded English. Mm. Of course, he was a big Nick Barmby fan. That was his what hero was growing up. Yeah, he was an Everton fan, so he loved Nick Barmby. He was his hero. And I remember seeing him thinking he's not quite ready for the Premier League yet. He actually came come in early, hadn't he? I think they'd signed him in January and planned to have him next season, but they the following season, sorry, but they brought him in early. He wasn't ready and sadly didn't quite work out for him. Yeah, he was one of these those sort of exciting players that you get from Europe who, I don't know, maybe Eric Dyer's quite a nice mm. correlate there um, where they, they've they've clearly played a lot of continental football um, despite having an, uh, uh, an English parent mm. and you, you want to see him come over and do quite well but um, unfortunately didn't really pan out that way, did it? It didn't. In terms of previous fixtures, you won't be surprised. The one that sticks out for me is from the 90s. 97-98 season. Remember that one? Our good friend would, of course, remember the date of this. Um, but it was a 4-3 victory for Leeds. All goals scored in the first half at Ewood Park. I thought you were going to mention last season where it was Leeds were 2-0 down and they went back to win three. Was it three? Yeah, you won 3-2. You are correct, yes. You were you were 1-0 down, down and then, yeah, there were three goals yeah, in the last yeah. minute. Of course, this has been the two from Kimar Roof, by the way. What what you could do <laughs> with those goals right now. This has been the Leeds United fan show on Last Spot. John, a very quick score prediction before you go. 2-0, uh, why not? 2-0, why not? Blackburn tomorrow will give you all the reaction to that game next week on the Leeds United fan show on Love Sport at 8pm. See you then. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.